Welcome everyone to Mean Mommy Kink Podcast. You are here with Jackie Griot and Miss Lola Sunshine. We're back. We have 10 episodes. That makes us an official podcast, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So we're super excited to talk to you today. Episode 10 is Plays Well with Others threesomes orgies and group sex and i don't want to brag but oh god this is kind of my jammy jam this is my wheelhouse okay you had me at hello okay so i would like to add i would like to add gang things to that as well like yes different than an orgy or group sex i mean it is all of those things but it's a different energy I agree. I agree. I wanted to break them all down, but I didn't want to yeah. make the title too long. Right. So. Like gangbang, strains, orgies, threesomes, group sex, and other harlotry. <laughs> yes. We're going to break down the definitions <laughs> and we're going to teach you how to plan an orgy, give you some, yes. um, and I'm saying orgy, but group sex, um, group sex. Okay. That's yes. our sex catch all. More than one other person. Correct. So we're going to teach you how to plan it. We're going to give you a little bit of etiquette, but before we start, I want to talk to you about the business spotlight today, which is JK Toys. If you've been listening, you already know about my shop, jktoys.com. One of the cool things about our shop is that you can get your own kinky personal shopper. So a kinky personal shopper, if you want to have an amazing adventure, if you want to have um, some sort of group sex, for example, or some sort of kinky scene, and you need to know what you can get, where you can get it, how you can organize it, you can call me. There's a phone number on the website. You can also go to info at jktoys.com and I will help you walk you through the planning, execution, tips, for whatever kinky adventure you have. So this is a little different than when you buy stuff at Amazon. You can buy uh, whatever you want on a website, but are they gonna tell you how to use it? Are they gonna help you plan your next adventure? Probably not. But one of the benefits of having your very own sex educator, sex worker, sex positive person in your pocket is that I will help you plan your depravity. <laughs> right. And I, I want to also point out too, like you do toys and you have lots of great toys and supplies, but you also do like consultations. So let's say that you're trying to get a gangbang together and you've never logistically planned one, like uh, sure, our podcast is going to give you some good ideas, but if you just need someone to help with that, like organization and executive functioning, uh, Aunt Jackie is a Virgo and will give you so many spreadsheets. There will be mm-hmm. so many spreadsheets the Google documents will abound and you will have the most organized gangbang of your entire life. So I highly recommend outsourcing that if you're not someone that has their shit together. And I say this with love because many of us do not have our shit together, but we're still fabulous people. Mm-hmm. This is someone that you can contact and slide some coin to that will plan things for you. It's like having a wedding planner. Except <laughs> exactly. Instead of, getting, instead of getting married, you're being a huge slut. And so we... <laughs> We want it to be your day. We want you to be the huge slot, not worried about whether we remember the different types of lube people need. Like this is where you call in reinforcements like Aunt Jackie. I'm here for you. I'm here for and, you. And that's such a good segue into our topic. Oh, but before that, 
Okay. You can be contacted both at JK Toys, J-K-T-O-Y-Z, or, and that's on Instagram, or pervertsofcolor at gmail.com. It's a great way to get a private consultation off the ground. Oh, I love you. This is why we're such good friends. She hypes me up just as much as I hype her up, and I'm here for it. So our segue into this topic, though, is one of the first things to think about is a point of contact, right? Because a lot of times when you're organizing this, there's usually one person who knows everybody, knows everybody's rules, limitations, schedules, how we got here. And so the point of contact, if it's not you, you definitely have to have a point of contact you trust. So I'm a great point of contact for this kind of thing. But if I'm not available for you, then you either have to do the labor of being the point of contact or you have to have someone there that you trust. So organizing yes. is the biggest thing for group sex. Would you agree? Honestly, I, I would not only agree, especially if it's going to be like, so if it's group sex in a group of people that you are already sleeping with and you've already all slept together, it's a little bit different. But if it's either the first time this group's having sex or if it's like, at a conference or, you know, for someone's birthday or whatever, like, like I said, it really is like having a wedding planner. Like there are so many details that you don't even think about. And people don't even know. Right. And it's just amazing to have somebody else do the thing. Um, especially if you aren't a hundred percent, like knowing the community, like for example, mm -hmm. I, actually did not have an orgy when I went to Montreal, but just even having an invite only play party seemed like a big deal because there weren't, it was, you know, we were still kind of pandemicking. And so we needed to make sure people were responsible enough to properly get tested. We also needed to make sure it was a very small group because we didn't want to in any way risk exposures and, you know, exponentially make it worse. And we wanted to make sure the space had enough space for us to be spread out. And the most important thing is I had someone there that knew the Montreal scene really fucking well and knew like mm. who was whose exes and who had drama with whom so that the energy of the party wasn't off. Because when you have a really small group of people doing anything intimate, if the vibe doesn't check, it is a problem. It's a it problem. Right. It's not like a conference where you can just be across the entire huge ballroom play space. It's like we are all in a hotel together and two people aren't talking to each other. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like we're in a tiny private play space and there's like four different exes staring each other down like holy shit. So like you really need to know who these people are and what their relationships are to each other doesn't sound like something you'd need to know it sounds like in a perfect world we could all put on our big boy and girl panties because we were going to a gangbang that had nothing to do with our exes but in real life in some real people life. don't want to some people don't want to be in a room together and that you need to know that and make your decisions accordingly so i had i think we have to give some distinctions between what types of, of these types of group sex because i think yes. some of these things get resolved once you decide what you actually want right mm, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's see well, we always disagree and it works out fine so let's see yeah um it's like okay so a threesome is three people that's right. pretty easy mm -hmm. then there's foursomes and fivesomes and well you say that's pretty easy but actually to me threesomes are the most difficult type of group sex but i will get really yes okay okay I'm, I'm excited about this okay but now i'm just laying them out so we have threesomes foursomes there's even fivesomes but i would say an orgy is five people at minimum 
And when we're talking orgy, everyone is fucking, if that makes any Correct. sense. Like, yes, it we're is all group fucking sex each other. Yes. in like a, a group sense of the word. Like we're all doing something. Correct. That and so that's, that's interesting too, because if you're invited to an orgy, the assumption is that you're going to want to have sex with most, if not everyone there. Or at least participate in a way that's like active and not necessarily Correct. like chilling off to the side. Correct. Orgies usually don't have voyeurs unless that's been negotiated. Usually if it's right. orgy time, you're there, you're part of it. If you're not part of it, you have to leave. Yeah, get up in there. So gangbangs, or I'm sorry, tra- gangbangs and trains, my two favorite. The kind of difference there is a train is when there's one bottom, multiple tops, and the tops are kind of taking turns one at a time on the bottom. And the term kind of comes from assuming that the tops are cis male, so that mm-hmm. like they're kind of one and done or one and need quite a rest before they get back in there. Um, and so it's like one person takes their turn and the next person takes their turn and the next person takes their turn. Um, gangbangs are one bottom and multiple tops and a number of things could be happening with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is definitely what I run into more in the queer culture because there could be someone that's like, oh, I'm gonna put something in a different hole or I'm gonna, you know, this person's gonna beat you while this person fucks you or like, you know, all kinds of things are happening all at once, usually only to one bottom. Occasionally a gangbang will be large enough that they'll have multiple bottoms, um, but it, it's generally like all of the energy is focused on the person on the bottom, which can be super, super fun, um, both for the tops and the bottoms, because tops get like a fun co-tapping experience and get to kind of overwhelm the bottom with sensation, and the bottom, of course, gets all the sensation. So, you know, it's, it's a fun time all around. Those are kind of my favorites. Um, but you know, threesomes, foursomes, etc., and just plain old orgies where everyone is in a pile is also great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say I loved threesomes because I'm such a control freak that when I was going through my like date couples era, I would come in as the bisexual unicorn and I would turn everyone the fuck out. And it was so much fun because a lot of times with threesomes, if you're thinking more heteronormatively. The guy is going to do his part. The two girls are going to kiss he and fuck each other for his amusement. And then everybody comes. But when my threesome, I'd be fucking him in the ass. We'd be topping him together. Like I would flip gender roles. And so it was just fun getting to play with the dynamics of like the three of us are going to have sex, but everyone here is getting fucked. It's not just Mm. the girls, you know, like we're all having sex. So threesomes were fun for me because I would like, find a way to come in as a third person and bring a completely different dynamic than that existing couple may have already had. And I'll say in general, Mm. threesomes are usually like a couple with a third person. I don't generally meet a lot of like three individuals coming together. It happens, but that once again, it's the timing in in the scheduling. Yeah, I think with me, um, threesomes have usually been either I'm dating two people and we're all having sex together or like the sort of, so there's a term in polyamory called a hinge where like one person's dating two people, but those two people are not dating each other. So it kind of creates like a V kind of symbol. So occasionally like those have like triangled up and we've all ended up in bed together for some reason or another, even though like two of us aren't actually dating each other. We're just like, let's fuck. Why not? Um, And like, those times I have noticed that jealousy becomes a thing because Mm. 
you have three people. And so most of us are not, you know, incredible porn stars that can balance and, you know, porn is heavily edited anyway, but most of us like don't have it down unless, like I said, you've been sleeping all together for so long that you know what everybody likes. Most of us don't have it down so that like, like there's going to be one person that has to kind of like not be physically involved sometimes or not be the center of attention sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough for people that are not Taking used turns. to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, taking turns, taking turns yeah. can be tough. And it's especially tough if everyone in the threesome isn't verse. Right, correct. So I was gonna like, say. if mm-hmm. I'm fucking two bottoms, I mean, I can't actually fuck two people at once and I've done it before. I have two hands, but like most of the time when I'm fucking two bottoms, one of those bottoms is going to have to be doing something else for a hot second because I've got to like prep bottom number one. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, it just becomes a weird thing where like, if you're not deeply invested in watching your partner or friend get fucked while you wait, it can become a thing. So that's why I think threesomes are super hard because there's not a fourth person for that third person. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say the only reasons that they aren't hard for me is because I personally don't mind stepping back and watching the show and mm-hmm. appreciating the sex that's in front of me. And then I'll sort of insert myself, pun intended, wherever <laughs> it makes right. the most sense based on yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And and I've had great threesomes where there's a clear power dynamic. Like if we've mm-hmm. got like a mommy, a daddy and a baby, and we all know what the power dynamic is, that makes total sense. And everybody is like in their role and it's great. But if we don't have a clear structure as to the power dynamic and what is going on, then it's like, who's being fucked when, what's going on here. Like I I had someone once that was jealous because their other partner enjoyed having sex with me so much. And I'm just like, what are we here to do? Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, so afterward there were some feelings and I was just like, I'm not trying to date your other partner. It was fun, but like, we all agreed that was not what was going to happen. So you don't need this jealousy right now. You, you wanted us to all have sex and we did. And so now we're having feelings because your partner wasn't like, I, it was just, you know, there, there can be. Girl, we have your... all had that exact same couple. I don't even know what is going on. It's a married couple. They said they wanted to have a threesome. You get there and you start fucking a little bit too good. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody's mad. It's like, did you want to watch me fuck your husband horribly? Right. <laughs> like, did you want to prove to him that like everyone else in the world is worse at sex than me? Like if that was the case, you should have maybe not picked someone good at sex. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I'm going to say this too. Like I respect people who have like that stone touch me, not identity who still want to fuck. Like if you don't want to be penetrated or you don't want to be touched in that way, but you still want to be involved, you can do that. I've been to plenty of orgies where I had my strap on, on and I never took my panties off and I had a great time because I, you know, was clear in what my boundaries are and no one tried to push that. So I don't think everybody has to want to do every single thing during an orgy. No, I think it's, it's less about, honestly, I think if you are someone that doesn't bottom, that's easier. It's Mm -hmm. when there's a bunch of bottoms and not enough tops or the perception of not enough tops because the bottoms don't want to wait or the mm-hmm. bottoms get jealous because they think one bottom's getting all the attention or whatever. Like it becomes a weird 
like bottoms you guys have got to handle your jealousy and feelings like i am just gonna say it i'm not gonna be popular for saying it but like all bottoms of all genders you've got to handle your feelings and your jealousy and especially bottoms for sex but also bottoms for kink like Mm. you've got to handle the fact that it's not always going to be about you yeah, I will say also as a top who enjoys being touched and enjoys pleasure and fucking, it gets annoying sometimes where I can create this complete bottom sexual experience for you where you have hours and hours of pleasure. And then if I want something back, it's like, that's too much to ask for. It's like, so <laughs> right? tops can invent a fucking circus so you can come for two hours. But now I want something and everybody's tired, you know? So right. That's a very real experience that I've had as well right want fulfillment but but don't offer anything right or or like if you're going to go that route like make sure everyone's on board with that like if it's a gangbang because it's somebody's birthday you know they might not be expected to do anything after that gangbang but that should a be up front and b like do something else nice for people like the last gangbang that I hosted I had like snacks and drinks and everything else and like we love snacks first of all let me just say if you do anything group wise that does not involve snacks and drinks I'm not coming you are like just fucking go to goddamn Trader Joe's and get some fucking snacks and get some drinks non-alcoholic and if you drink alcoholic but like especially make sure there's non-alcoholic things with water and sugar water water is important sugar is important but like seriously if you are unless you're fucking somewhere that does not allow snacks like a play party in which case there will be snacks provided upstairs or wherever the snack table is but unless you're fucking somewhere that does not involve like you bringing your own snacks like fucking have snacks like i know we've gone off on a bit of a tangent but like this kind of slides into like the logistics of getting a a group thing together Mm -hmm. and like logistics number one needs to be someone actually has to make a grocery store run you have to get food and i'm sorry i'm going to disagree with you bring snacks everywhere because (laughs) the one time no i'm serious the one time someone tried to stop me from bringing snacks somebody had a diabetic episode there and i showed up with my little gummy bears (laughs) and i saved the day so if if you're gonna have a, a play bag for years there used to be someone who did like a diabetes in the dungeon class and they would talk about like going into shock after you play you know yeah so a lot of kinksters have candy in their bags they have mm-hmm. snacks because you and you can't... don't even have to be diabetic honestly like sugar will help a lot of people with shock that's mm-hmm. why there's always sugar on the table in a dungeon or at least there should be um because i've had people that are in no way diabetic but their body's just gone through so many sensations that they go into mild shock and it's not like called mine when one time it's like you just need a little orange juice or you just need a cookie and then you're okay mm, exactly so it's so important. logistics are food and water like i don't care i've been to so many swinger parties in dc where i go to someone's house and they have a ton of alcohol and they have 15 mattresses on the floor in the basement but you can't get a cup of water in there and it's hot right. it's like y'all want me to fuck all these people and i could die literally die of heat exhaustion in here <laughs> Also, like, as a top, I don't necessarily need to be fucked at a gangbang if I'm not the bottom of the gangbang, but I damn sure want a fucking cookie afterward or some chips. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that's I'll be salty as fuck about that. Like, I don't need to have sex from the bottom if we've all agreed that, like, you know, our friend Susan is the gangbang bottom. That's great. I'm fucking Susan. I don't need Susan to fuck me or anyone else to do anything to me. It's all about Susan tonight. But Susan needs to make sure there's a fucking chip table. Like, yeah, it's I, true. I, 
I actually need some prosciutto. Like, come on, bro. Like, you need to make Y'all it told work. me it was going to be Chips Ahoy here. I done sucked that man's dick for 45 minutes. Where is my Chips Ahoy? You know what I'm trying to right, say? Like, like, Susan just came all over my dress. So I'm going to need <laughs> to just sit down with some fruit after that. Like, I don't. Y'all, I'm so serious, though. Like, it's dead ass serious, especially after a group sex experience where everybody is tired and sweaty and disgusting. And we had fun. But what are you immediately afterwards? ravenously hungry usually yes, absolutely so it will definitely keep the party going keep the happiness going if y'all all fuck and everyone's just tired and hungry afterwards it's not gonna be as fun right and again non-alcoholic drinks as well as alcoholic drinks because a some people are sober and b even if some people aren't sober after a gangbang i'm not necessarily reaching for alcohol i yeah, want I water want i want soda i want fruit i want cookies i want meat sometimes like you know i want like a balanced little mini snack meal is what i want so because yeah. i've just depleted a whole bunch of energy so like pouring jack daniels onto that is not going to end well <laughs> <laughs> um I want to talk about organizing three specific types of group things because they were organized differently. Mm-hmm. So um, one uh, queer orgy I went to at Weekend Reunion, I organized it. It was in my room. And so what I did was said, hey, everybody on the message board on FetLife, if you're coming to this conference, room such and such at this time is where the orgy is going to be. And so the agreements was everybody had to have gloves and condoms. Um, for my orgy in my room, I was like, I don't want to y'all having, you know, non-barriers unless that's your partner. Just because this orgy, I wanted it to be something that was accessible for anyone who wanted to join. And mm-hmm. it was more of a kink orgy than it was about oral sex specifically. Some people that's important, some people that's not important. So it was like barriers, you know, non-barriers with your own partner that you bring. Um, And we had music playing the whole time. And I would say during the course of like the two hours, at least 30 people came in to that room and were just fucking at different times. And so the setup in the room was that one bed was just for sex. If you're Mm -hmm. on that bed, you're having sex. Another bed is for warm up and cool down so you could hang out there on that bed and snuggle with people if you wanted to get head or do something kind of as a warm-up or a cool down you could do that over there and then the table area was like drinks and snacks you know by the tv and then there was a little couch situation for voyeurs and so the Mm -hmm. way it will work is that you first you come into the room you're allowed to stand in the doorway for a few minutes before you come in just because we wanted folks to be able to assess if they wanted to join and then from the doorway you could go to the couch and you were allowed to watch for a few minutes and then from the couch if you wanted to make a decision you could either go to the other bed or you had to leave so Mm -hmm. it was fun because people were fucking and they still got the option to like be watched by people who weren't necessarily involved but Mm. those people couldn't just stay there the whole time and monopolize with their voyeur energy what was happening for the queer orgy right and um for the my queer orgy i had rules you can have whatever rules you want but my rules were um people who came in had to be queer so if you're a cis man coming in you're gonna do something gay in my room, period. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feel comfortable with that, then this is space Suck dick or get out. Literally that, literally that, literally that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was actually really great because 
when people would try to come into the room, like straight guys would try to come into the room and they see all these hot girls fucking on my bed. Cause we left the door open. It was a conference so we could have the room open um, mm-hmm. and people could peek in. So they see all this hot gay sex. They want to come in and be like, Ooh, I want to be involved. As soon as they sit on the couch, one of the other gay guys would come over and sit next to them. Like, Hey girl, what's good. And they would run the fuck out of there. And Bye so girl. that was, that was a great way for us to like police the space, but not mm-hmm. feel like, we have to be the doorman or whatever. Exactly. So the organization of that was good because stations, right? People have the ability to choose how far they want to go and they can have the ability to leave the same way they came in. And so Mm -hmm. that was a really successful orgy. And um, that was one example. Uh, A second example was I used to do this thing with my friends where we would do like surprise takedown group sex. And so with that one, it was like, you're the kind of person who really wants like, don't threaten me with a good time. Bitch, we had so much fun. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. But anyway, I mean, a lot of things you do are illegal, to be honest. (laughs) So the surprise group sex is once again, you'd have like a contact person. So like, you want to be surprised. You are down for a group sex experience, but half the fun you want it to be like, I'm being taken suddenly, right? So for instance, in one scenario, um, this woman's dom was her contact. We negotiated when and where and how, what her limits were. We had this whole long email back and forth conversation. I've known them also for years. So these were people that I felt comfortable doing any sort of thing like that with. She trusted her contact person. We trusted them, their relationship, yada, yada. And so there were like four of us and we did it at a party. The host of the party knew and everything. And um, we just tackled that bitch, right? When she was, (laughs) we just ran up, pretty much tackled her down, did some shabari. And then all of her friends got to take turns fucking her with strap-ons while she just cried. And it was wonderful, so hot. And her dom's like leaning over her, calling her a bitch the whole time. And so the group sex was, she's going to be getting fucked. You can fuck her in in her mouth. You can fuck her in her pussy, but leave her ass alone. Mm. And you can hit her, but you can only hit her extremities, like legs, thighs, her arms a little bit, but she didn't want to be hit in like her stomach while she was like in her, you know, middle Mm -hmm. section while she's being fucked, you know, right. So you could spank her ass a little and stuff. And so we had a really amazing rough group sex where we just all got to use our friend who was this happy slut the whole time, just like, tongue hanging out of her mouth smiling like a damn dog okay just <laughs> so happy and so that's one of my favorite memories I have of this person now she's been my friend for years even though her and her dom aren't together anymore she's still very much like I remember that time when you kidnapped me and you all fucked me to death <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so memories I know it's like one of the sweetest parts of my heart. It's like, remember that time I put a bag on my friend's head and I fucked her for hours. Uh, there's oh. nothing like a, a good black bag scene. Oh, listen. Okay. And this is why kink is, is for me, because if I didn't have this outlet, I don't even know, man. I just, I just want to put a bag. You, would, on some of my you would turn into one of those like anti-hero, um, like, marvel characters that was just black bagging bad people and taking them off the street like this is there's no way you would not turn into that 
I identify so much with Venom that it's actually scary. So See? I have to, uh, I have to have you an need outlet. A, you need a healthy it. outlet or you're going to turn into a vigilante <laughs> on the streets cleaning up the messes that the police can't get to. Oh my God. Is that supposed to make my nipples hard? I just want to be Batman so bad. <laughs> I'm filing um, that away for a future kink scene. Yes, um, yes. Um, so, and the last I, one I organized, I just want to remember, was like my own personal gangbang, mm -hmm. where I had to take my own personal risks for it, where I was the bottom, and I found like a uh, swinger group that was like a close-knit group that already existed, and so I just sort of hung out with them for a little while, and they seemed cool, and then I got tested, and then I went to a party, and I had this amazing gangbang. And then I got tested for several months afterwards because I'm just that Virgo person who believes in that, being tested before and after. Really but, not a bad um, idea. No, it's a good practice. Tested for anything and now tested for COVID because that's the world right. we live in. Exactly. But I'm, yes, it was amazing. I, I, just, I wanted to say real quick, every major city in the US and probably all of them in Europe too, do free STI testing somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you very much to the gay community because we started putting up clinics all over the damn place and we kept mm -hmm. them there. Um, and Amen. so they will test you for all the major things. If you need things they don't usually test for, you might have to see your doctor, but like the big easy to catch quote unquote things they can they can test you for so um yeah there's, no there's home testing testing. now you can do it right at your mm -hmm. home like they'll send you the stuff and if you're someone that goes to gynecology appointments you can tell them you want to be tested for all the things and make sure that they test you for some of the stuff they don't normally test you for because some of the mm -hmm. stis are not on the test so make sure you yeah. tell them you want a full board and if you're going in for your regular gynecology appointment they will not bat an eyelash to also run the test for that because they're already up in there collecting sample they may as well <laughs> Run the rest of it. Um, yeah. If someone that does not go to gynecology appointments, then again, there are free clinics literally everywhere in every major city. Just drive to your nearest city, there will be a free clinic. Yeah, or just wait till Pride because Pride vans come out, mobile stuff. Yep. Like there's always something going mobile on. clinics. But if you want the full board, I really recommend going in somewhere because sometimes Pride vans will just have like HIV testing, which is great. Yeah. It's good, you know, definitely do that too. But you want to know whether or not you have some of the other stuff too. So again this should not cost you any money at all or it might cost you like pennies because we that's one of the few things the public health has set up properly in like every major city because they want to curb the, the spread of that um and it and affects I literally just, everyone of every gender and sexuality so they they're trying real hard to, to stop that i just want to add one thing for folks who are living with stds or hiv or what have you um, whether it's something that you can manage or something that's curable. Uh, there are tons of people out here who are knowledgeable and are not scared of having sex with you. Like folks yes. with herpes are having orgies, you know, Absolutely. folks with all kinds of things are having orgies. So it's really about risk management. Like mm -hmm. I know a lot of herpes positive folks who they only have sex with people who also have herpes and they be getting down having all kinds of adventures too. So just don't mm -hmm. think that your medical condition has to hinder you from doing things. Right, and that being said, you should, also, you should also, yes, be transparent. Like to me, I am definitely someone that would absolutely play with and fuck with someone that maybe had something that was incurable potentially. But mm -hmm. if you didn't tell me about it, I would be upset. Um, absolutely. 
And it's not even that I, I'm not careful with everyone because it just like the kink rule, if you're doing something that's going to draw blood, you should treat everyone as if they have every bloodborne pathogen because you never know. You should do the same thing in orgies. You should absolutely be treating everyone as if they have everything because A, you never know. And B, it's real shitty to like put on extra gloves for the person with herpes or some bullshit. Don't do that shit. Just treat everyone the same. And it both protects you and makes the entire vibe less like, oh, this person is dirty. That's not what you want. That's not the vibe you want for your orgy, trust me. Um, but yeah. if you're somebody that has something and you know you have something, it is important to tell people. And some people might be shitty and say that you can't go to the orgy. That might happen, but like it, it should be their choice. And it also tells you a lot about those people. You don't want to be fucking them anyway. So it's kind of like you need to be transparent. I know it's difficult. It's a hard conversation to have, but it's something that you have to kind of get used to having if you have those things. But like I said, I have had lovers in the past that have had herpes and HIV. I've had had plenty of people in my life as play partners that have all kinds of interesting things going on um, or that work in fields where they could at any point contract those things. And I'm not talking about sex work. I'm talking about nurses. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a couple nurse friends that have to disappear from the gig scene for a couple weeks because like something like MRSA breaks out at their hospitals. So you never fucking know is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and you just have to get used to being like, I have MRSA right now. It fucking sucks. And I cannot be at this play party with you this weekend. Like that is yeah. the same energy that you should bring to telling someone like I have herpes and it's being managed by medication, but I wanted to let you know that like, it's the same energy. Absolutely. So, your health status, your disability status should not stop you from being able to have fun, sexy times and you ha- learning how to communicate that um, fortunately some people are like you said are going to be fucking assholes but there mm-hmm. are tons of people who are down to fuck or who have similar issues or conditions or who just are knowledgeable and don't mind so exactly. don't feel like you don't have a place either right but don't not tell people because if they find out later yeah. that's going to make you the asshole so yeah i mean i i think about how many gay men i know who are living with hiv and who are out here going to parties living their best lives they'll just have a fucking sticker on say hiv positive you, you down you know and, and right so you can navigate right and it's not like 1994 like mm. hiv positive does not mean that you are like some sort of typhoid mary walking through fucking public like it means that you hopefully are managing yourself with medications and have gotten down to undetectable or close to it so it's not something that would keep me from playing with someone or, or sleeping with someone but them not telling me about it would make me think maybe there's like more sketchy behavior about them that I don't you know what I'm saying like it would indicate that they're not a trustworthy person it's not about like health status it's about like you not telling me the whole truth and that's a big red flag yeah, I would say if you're not comfortable to share your status with other people, then group sex is not for you. Nope. Um, but if you are comfortable with it, regardless of your status, there are opportunities available. Yes. Um, so now that we've once again gone through our doom and gloom section, um, I wanted to kind of talk about a couple of my experiences. And I really am, wanted to kind of talk about the difference between like kink focused group sex and like not necessarily kink focused group sex and of course the line can blur a little bit like every like focused on sex type orgy that you're going to go to, you might see a little kink. You might see somebody with handcuffs on, you might see somebody being spanked, but you're not necessarily gonna see like somebody being beaten with a baseball bat and kicked with some Doc Martens. 
right? Oh, like damn. kind of like a difference between the things and you should definitely know your audience and know what you're signing yourself up for before you get in like get into these things yeah because, I've definitely scared the swingers before and it was like oh right. this isn't the place for that <laughs> exactly exactly or if like you need that to get off you're gonna be bored as shit so yeah. like it's what you know what I'm saying because like I came from the Chicago anarchy scene a long time ago like queer punks and they used to have really beautiful orgies they were super organic they were super like spontaneous basically um there weren't any type of rules because you know anarchists so like whoever was in the room was in the room if they started touching you and you did not want them to you just said no or moved away and they would generally respect that and also move away this is a dangerous setup by the way because there were some incidents where like that fast and loose behavior did not work and yeah that sounds scary to me yeah, people got consent violated. So if you're going to have this kind of organic setup, be aware that that's a pretty risky way to walk walk the walk, especially if it's an open type of house party and you don't even know the names of all the people that are in the group. So it can happen. I know all you hippie free love people, that sounds great. And it was super beautiful. And I always had good experiences, but again, there were a couple people that didn't. So be aware that that is a pretty big risk. But these were definitely more sex focused. And these were all very kink positive, chill people. But these were definitely more sex focused, more like all about touching, all about rolling around, all about, you know, fucking. But it, it like the energy was very like, sexy but not necessarily like like someone screaming in pain would have been very jarring to this energy Mm -hmm. does that make sense like it was not that kind of party whereas I've been to the exact opposite and the point was that we were all ganging up on a bottom and that bottom was screaming in pain and crying and terrible things were happening to them yeah Um, tears Tears right. and blood, absolutely. Tears, tears, blood, the sound of heavy objects hitting people, that kind of flat packing sound that human bodies make when they're being punched and kicked, super mm. sexy. And then there's also things being forced into holes, extremely hot, but a totally different energy. So yeah. you need to kind of know what your party's going to be. Are you going to a party that is going to be a pile of queers rolling around, which is great? Or are you going to a party that's going to be like, we brought the sap gloves? like yeah is it a gangbang or are you getting jumped you know like (laughs) that's the thing that's the thing both of these things can be called gangbangs you can have a gangbang with absolutely no kink implements involved and where everyone is fairly loving but they're all fucking the same person and it's just a really overwhelming amount of sensation or Mm -hmm. you can have a gangbang where everybody brings a baseball bat and I have literally been the bottom for one of those and it was amazing yeah, I, I love that. I definitely had the gangbang where we did it as a, a, a witch hunt and then we had to chase her and tie her down. And then we did a witch burning with a bunch of nice. candles and wax and stuff. That's and amazing. Yeah, it was pretty fucking hot. Like we were like, burn the witch. And we're like, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love gangsters, honestly. <laughs> like, so mine was, so for my 30th birthday, I was dressed as a homecoming queen, like complete with crown and sash. And I had a bunch of my butch friends wear letterman jackets and bring baseball bats. And the baseball mm-hmm. team just basically jumped me and just ruined my makeup and ruined my prom dress and <sighs> you know beat the shit out of me all wearing matching letterman jackets which was well they weren't matching like they were literally like jackets from their high schools and like 
from their favorite sports teams. So like each, like, first of all, the fact that I know this many butches with Letterman jackets is really top tier. It's hysterical. <laughs> You're such a fucking stereotype that it's actually kind of hard to talk to you sometimes. So... <laughs> No, but they all had on a Letterman jacket and they all had baseball bats and they literally knocked the shit out of me until I like could not see straight and couldn't walk properly. And um, I want to actually talk a little bit more about this gangbang, not just because it was really fucking hot. Like it was so hot that like, so we were at a public play party and it was a queer one, obviously, but we were, it was so hot that like once they were done, other people were asking if like the baseball team was available to beat up anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally have had that experience too. I've, I've been at a party. We just did like a takedown style on this guy. And then another uh, mistress comes over and she's like, listen, do y'all have any extra time? Because I just need someone to beat this person up for me. And it's like, okay, I got 30 minutes. Let's go. Right. And I, was, I was being beaten, but also being fucked. So like, there was like a lot happening in this gang. Yeah. Thing. And there were so many of them that I was usually being beaten and fucked at the same time in several different places. It was the best 30th birthday in the entire world oh um, you're so lucky so but I wanted to talk a little bit about logistics of this one because the scene went on so long that the dm shift changed and mm. when the shift changed the dm literally like freaked out because the new dm was like what the fuck because it looked like I was being killed it was like eight to one and everyone had baseball bats and several people had sap gloves and I was like crying in a mess and so it looked like I was about to actually be like in a medical emergency type of situation and yeah. so the dm was immediately like is somebody like watching this gangbang like what's happening here and my mm. leather sister was what was the person that coordinated this for me and she also was not involved if yes. you're going to do a scene where things are violent violent it is very important to have someone not involved watching the scene because she was a watching to make sure I wasn't dead b she was like swanning around handing out lube and water I also had a second lube and water fairy as well to everybody to make sure the tops didn't pass out and I didn't pass out and b she could like intervene and she immediately went over to the dm and was like hello I am watching this gangbang I'm the coordinator she is fine we negotiated this blah 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 mm -hmm. like she was like like nobody had to stop our scene and like logistically it ran super smooth because the top just had to look up and look around for lube and it would just appear or like if she noticed somebody was super sweaty she'd like sneak up behind them and offer them water quietly in the background you know what I mean like it was super great and like like I yeah. said it's like having a wedding planner it was my special day and I didn't have to worry about a single detail because my leather sister handled everything logistically beforehand because it was invite only um she coordinated the fucking costumes like the Letterman jackets was really like I don't know how she managed it but it was amazing that's amazing um she let them know all of my limits and boundaries so that even though it was a complete fucking melee because let me tell you if you guys have never been in a gangbang especially a gangbang in which all of the tops are similar and mm -hmm. I mean similar in personality or similar in aesthetic or similar in the way they play so like if you've never been like topped by a group of femmes or topped by a group of butches or topped by a group of whatever that shit tends to escalate because the energy yes. just goes back and forth and the tops mm -hmm. feed off each other. So like, I would have wanted to make sure that they damn sure knew my limits. And I also would have wanted to make sure that like somebody was looking out for me so they didn't actually accidentally actually kill me because sometimes yeah. tops get a little excited. <laughs> it's true. We're like, oh, it's time to murder. I mean, play. And then it's exactly. like, no, bitch, we're playing. I was doing a scene with two tops. We both had um, we both had single tails, and the bottom was in the middle. And in the middle of the scene, 
I can't even remember which song it was, but it was like some kind of song along the veins of like down with the sickness came on mm-hmm. and me and the other top were both black people of the same age. And we looked at each other and we were like, I'm sorry, our high school just told us it's time to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> our high school playlist just told us it's time for you to die because the music just escalated it. And we were both of exactly the right age where that song was like, okay, it's time to, it's, let's do it. Let's go. It's let's true. Let's I'm the same go. way. I'm the same way. I was in a scene once and somebody started putting on some club music in the dungeon and I just started beating that fucking ass to the beat. And you know, club music is so fast and the bottom is like, ma'am, you know? Help me, Exactly. So (laughs) if you have eight of those fucking people, right? Mm -hmm. And then one of them goes, I'm swinging for the fences and has a baseball bat and knocks the bottom in the ass if they fall forward. The other top's going to be like, well, now I need to top that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it can escalate. So highly recommend having someone watch your scene specifically. You cannot count on the DM because they have to watch the whole party. And if you're by yourself somewhere, like in a hotel room, definitely you should have a person on the outside. Um, And that could be your dominant. A lot of doms like to watch their bottom, have things happen to them, and they're not Mm -hmm. involved. They're just watching it. That can be, like I said, mine was a leather sister. It can be your bestie. But there should be somebody there, especially if it's a kink gangbang. But really, it's a good idea for any kind of group, anything. But like, especially if there's violence and someone's being ganged up on, you just want to make sure things are okay. (laughs) Because like, I was in no position to advocate for myself myself and the point of the thing was that I was screaming and crying and everything else was happening so like I could have safe worded but like it would have been faster for her to stop things if she saw something go very wrong and also like I said she could run interference she could make sure other people weren't getting too close to our scene she actually I think talked to a couple of bystanders that were worried for my safety and disturbed because it was so Mm -hmm. violent and that can happen at a play party like if you're in public be aware that other people's limits are not your limits and other people's hot are not your hot so like some people were like really turned off by the fact that I was being hit so hard um and that I was clearly in physical distress but like that's what I fucking asked for thank you very much and she was there to make sure they didn't stop my scene or like get involved in some sort of way so lube fairies or like your own personal dm or coordinator or whatever you want to call it is honestly the most vital part of any sort of group experience the person who can Mm -hmm. be there who's not necessarily trying to be involved yes absolutely um and it, it just helps everything logistically. Like every time I've planned a gangbang or been invited to a gangbang, somebody has coordinated it. And it's usually not the bottom because yeah, it's just, usually they're usually not even involved. They usually just know the person who is involved. Yeah, exactly. I had someone coordinate a gangbang for me that wasn't even in the area. Um, they're just really good friends with everybody, but they no longer lived there, but they could connect with everyone that I wanted to invite and like logistically handle it all online and these were people I all already knew in both these cases so like it's also a different energy if it's people you don't necessarily know versus people that are a handpicked list of people that you do know yeah so like you kind of have to decide the energy that you want because some people love that stranger danger energy of like being at the party and letting whoever walk up it's but again if it's a thrill but if you're gonna do that again definitely make sure someone that's not involved is watching the scene because yeah, I would agree. I would agree. You never fucking know, especially if you're like tied to something or in a position where you're compromised. You just want to make sure that if you're opening yourself up to be the, you know, party favor, literally, that somebody is watching to make sure no one violates your limits or acts a complete ass. 
I will say that I've been in a lot of group situations and the ones where I was violated somehow, consent violation are always the one where I didn't have a spotter or there wasn't an official spotter. Whenever there's an official spotter, I've never had those issues. And it's not just when you're at a party with cis men, it should be all the time because you never fucking know who's going to either accidentally or very much on purpose violate your shit. So like make sure there's somebody's there to stop that shit immediately and just keep an eye out. And you know, potentially it's somebody that loves to watch and so they're having just as much fun watching you get Mm -hmm. your shit rocked but you also know that like you don't have to worry about that like you can really sink all the way into the scene and not have to really worry about communicating anything other than necessarily a safe word if you need that but like you don't have to be like hey can you put a condom on like that's like yeah. the person should already have the condom on. So now you're like, why didn't they think they needed a condom? Who is this person? You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is the shit that your coordinator should handle. So make sure you we have should, that. It makes for a successful gangbang. It's lovely. We should keep talking about etiquette because this is really important, right? If you're if you're the um the spotter or the lube fairy or what have you, you have a really um, precious job. Yes, you get to watch this amazing scene, but everyone there, you're one of the checks and balances to keep this from getting out of control. And so Mm -hmm. if you're so submissive that you won't tell somebody to stop, then you can't be the lube fairy. Like if if you're not capable of being like, hey, they said don't hit them there. You know, exactly. and I've and I've done it. Everybody has done it. If you've been in a group scene and there's so many bodies and you hit somebody a place that maybe they weren't expecting or that wasn't allowed just because there's so much movement. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean everything has to stop, but having someone who's like, hey, not there can just refocus. Right. Or like catch it before it starts. Like you see Mr. Dude heading toward the thing and no type of condom. Be like, hey, buddy, let's put this condom on real quick. Like. The bottom never had to know that was a thing, you know, Um, but also wasn't exposed to Mr. Non-Condom. So yeah, Yeah. it it just tremendously helps. I think that like, and it's a little different when it's like an orgy where everyone's kind of all over the place because it's a little harder to kind of have one person, but I think it's especially important when it's a gangbang because there is just the one bottom or sometimes two. And that's a lot of ganging up on, which is the point, of course, but also, like, we want to protect that bottom. We want to make sure the tops don't wear themselves out. Um, the, the coordinator's there for tops, too. Um, but it's especially, like, nobody at a gangbang wants the bottom to have a bad experience. Like, that's that would be heartbreaking for me, like, as a top yeah. that likes to top at gangbangs. Like, it would be super sad for me that we, like, planned this thing and the bottom thought it was going to be this wonderful, special, amazing night and they had a bad experience and were, like, upset and sad and traumatized afterward. Like, that's not what I want. I want them to feel, like, delightfully used and fucked out and, like, glowing and, you know, feeling like they just went, you know, 25 rounds with Mayweather. Like, I want them to feel like they're on top of the world. Like they won. They won the exactly. game of sex. Like, they're, <laughs> like they, just, they just ran the sex marathon and got the gold medal. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I want them to feel like. I don't want them to be sad at all or, like, upset or, like, feel violated. Like, that's not what we want. So, like, it yeah. just works it, it helps for everyone because like I said a lot of the time things that go wrong are accidents but if you can circumvent that happening or stop it immediately that's great and if there's a bad actor the coordinator needs to like you said be a bouncer and just straight mm-hmm. up bounce that person out of the situation 
Yeah, you have to have someone you trust enough to do that. That's the whole point. I don't care if it's an open gangbang at a a thing where you're like, come fuck the slut and there's a sign above your head. Or if it's handpicked and these people are ostensibly your friends, you you should have the courage to bounce out somebody that you've known for a long time if that's what needs to happen. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing in an orgy in general, you're kind of your own bouncer versus mm-hmm. a gangbang. So an orgies don't tend to be as kinky focused because a lot of times you're doing a lot of things at once with yes. a lot of different people while things are happening to you. So it's There's hard just to- just not the space. There's not yeah. the, yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. But again, there are kinky it's... ones, but usually they also have a spot or two, usually. Yes. But again, it's a different energy. I like orgy energy as well because it really is this like extremely sexual hot energy where it's not necessarily about like pain and violence, but it is about like a lot of sensation. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, That being said, I don't do as much orgy stuff anymore. Or if I do, I, I mostly top for these things because I am... I have a very, very sensitive body. And if it's mm. a gangbang, the bottom picks the lube and everything's fine. But if it's an orgy, mystery lube might be inserted into my body, in which case my vagina will rage quit the party and I will have to go home being very sad and feeling like everything's on fire. So mm. uh, that's another thing that your coordinator can help with. They can make sure that you've got whatever kind of a special seaweed harvested by virgins in the moonlight in Japan <laughs> lube that you fucking need. Um, and that everybody uses it because responsible tops often have their own lube and no, please don't, please don't bring your own lube to my party. (laughs) And that's one of the things that like, is is discussed in advance. So like, hello, she can only use this type of lube. It will be provided. Thank you. Um, So, you know, I I love topping for orgies. I love topping for gangbangs, but I will very rarely bottom for an orgy or gangbang unless I can like be pretty confident that I can control the lube situation. and yeah, I don't bottom are... any for those anymore just because I'm a better top than most of the tops that I deal with in terms also of orgies. Also accurate. Also so super it's like, fucking accurate. Unless I'm going to fuck me, I just need to be in charge. <laughs> right. So. Like just accurate. Like really. Just let me organize it, y'all. We'll all have I much had... more fun. I had these cute little friends that were mostly bottoms that wanted to participate in my 30th birthday. And I was like, but you are bottoms. And they were like, what if we were like the warm up crew? Because we're not like great at topping, like not not they were bad, like physically, but they didn't have that top energy. Mm-hmm. But we can definitely get you warmed up. And I was like, that's a good idea. So like, they were my little like warm up friends. And we I love that them. idea. Yeah. I think we you can some, definitely like, use bottoms giggly. in the or- yeah, yeah. Cute, giggly sex and they warmed me up a little bit which was also great for my body because when the fucking destructo baseball team came down the stairs it wasn't like I went from zero to a hundred real fucking quick so <laughs> mm-hmm. so it was nice to be like stretched out and have a few orgasms before that shit all happened to me so yeah like if you have bottom friends that want to be involved in your special day that's a thought you can have them either be the beforehand or the aftercare like maybe they get in there with some massages and like make sure we, we did blanket. that mm-hmm. we did that with one of ours where um we did like a good cop bad cop where the tops were mean and then with the bottoms were nice to the other bottom and oh so that's one, they, cute 
so each bottom got to take their turn being like the one who was focused on and then the other bottoms they had to like play good cops so they had to like make them feel good you know rubbing on them massaging on them in between this like evil fucking paddle that the, that's the so cute had. i love so that. it was really nice yeah they're like massaging and it's so funny because the point was to see which bottom would safe word out first and because they were alternating between like really intense pain and really intense pleasure it was actually the pleasure that made them hit their safe word because it was like too much intense pleasure right after a whole lot of intense pain it almost like they couldn't tell the difference between the two anymore mm -hmm. and so this poor bottom was just getting their pussy ate and they're finally like red red like that was the point where it wasn't the paddle it wasn't the whip it was the pleasure because you just lose all it sense can of be. so that was it a lot of fun so yeah be. good cop yeah, bad cop I was a good most one. of the time in gangbangs where i've seen bottoms cry it's the fucking and not the beating which is yeah funny yeah it usually like is such an overwhelming sensation and like a lot of people cry during sex first of all if you are someone that cries during really good sex that is not you. a bad thing i love you and <laughs> i also have a fetish for tears so please slide into my dms um mm -hmm. because i don't have to hurt you for you to cry if you're crying because you're so overwhelmed with pleasure that's also super fucking hot um 100 percent <laughs> 10,000 hot like if you're not a huge masochist but you cry during sex that's enough for me oh <laughs> like, uh, we love a cry baby ass bitch okay oh, God. <laughs> uh, especially if like the tears are not a stopping spot like oh oh yeah so is it warm in here i don't i love that i used to so who was it who used to tell me that and say tears are not red are you gonna say red because tears exactly. are not red <laughs> that is what you should say that is what you should say before you get in bed with someone or before you start a scene with someone if crying is not a stopping spot like i may cry tears are not red and that's like so hot to hear at the top holy shit mm -hmm. um yeah but yes, uh, that I love that. I love like bottoms being like the good cop or being like the massage person or being like the head fairy so they can mm -hmm. get a little break. Because you, you know what? You do need breaks during gangbangs. Like, I don't care how tough you think you are. If you yeah. want the gangbang to last more than 15 minutes, you do need fucking breaks every now and again. Right. Um, so, you know, water breaks and et cetera, and then maybe some head breaks. What's the longest group, group sex experience, like time-wise, you would say you've been involved in? So that's a tough one to answer because my early experiences, like I said, were in the Chicago kind of queer punk anarchy scene. Mm -hmm. And those parties were not necessarily sober. And so time is not, I don't, I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my memory's a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the longest group sex I was involved in was a threesome that literally went on for three days. And it's because hot. me and my two partners, we lived together at the time. I didn't have to go to work until Thursday. So like on Tuesday or whatever day, you know, we started fucking and we would just fuck, eat, sleep, fuck, eat, sleep. We would just order food, eat the food for a few minutes, start fucking again. And then I looked up and I was like, it's Thursday. I have to go to That's work and- so hot. <laughs> that is so hot. Like, we had just honestly. been like, had just been fucking for days. Day. And now I won't even lie. It was the most sexy and also most disgusting. Cause at that point we were just like sweaty messes but we had so much fun so yeah that's amazing i love that absolutely yeah. love it yeah, yeah i would say mine is probably a couple of hours because of like 
either it being so the either the Chicago scenes that were like just fluid and lasting forever because people were just doing whatever. Sometimes you would like utterly leave the orgy room and go to the rest of the party and then come back. Like it just was like the length of the party, whatever you felt like doing. And Hmm. then I've also been to gangbangs and this is like really common among black people where it kind of turns into like 50% gangbang, 50% barbecue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's like a bottom and a swing and a couple people are fucking them and the rest of the tops are like hanging out with like beers or something like, hey, talking about like whatever the fuck and then like, oh, you know what? Let me get up and fuck this bitch. And like they get up and like- And they just come over, stuff a hole, come a couple times in somebody, and then they sit down like, yeah, anyway, about that new garage I'm building. Like, it's just ridiculous, and, like, those can last a really fucking long time, especially if there's multiple bottoms. So if, like, one bottom's spent, you just swap them out with another one. And this is, like, there's, like, a good spread of food so like somebody's like eating a piece of chicken in the corner watching somebody get fucked and then they wash their hands and get back in there like it's just these can last for like five plus hours and honestly that energy is amazing and I love it so much like those are my favorite type of gangbangs where it looks for all intents and purposes like a normal house party but there's a swing in the corner and someone's getting fucked it's so random and great yeah and like everybody knew that was happening people are like coming in and out because like black folks are on cp times like someone comes in like two hours late they're like hey is this still happening we still fucking oh great we are okay let me get strapped up like it's just ridiculous yeah Yeah. (laughs) well someone's like i gotta work tomorrow i gotta go and like they leave like people just it it becomes just a drop-in super chill vibe it's an event Mm. it's amazing i love that like that energy is so great and it's i think a unique to black people thing i've never experienced that energy with anyone else because everyone else is always like really hung up on the fact that sex is happening if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense they're just like sex is now and they're just like ready to go showing up with all their shit they've already got their strap on on they're excited but like black people are just like yeah i mean sex is happening but also like What's in this casserole? Like, <laughs> no, it's true. They'll literally be swapping recipes. Can I tell you? It's even true with like the swinger parties. Because at one point, I'm near DC, and I was going to all the like the little black swinger parties, and it was always a house party. Except yes. if you go down to the basement, there's 15 mattresses on the floor, mm-hmm. and every mattress has one or two bodies. Sometimes they're fucking. Sometimes they're just jerking off and watching somebody else fuck. But like, if you're on the mattress, you know, like you can do whatever you want and then folks are upstairs like barbecuing and playing space like it was crazy straight up up. like people are straight up upstairs with a full plate of food and when they feel like fucking they'll go back downstairs or go downstairs in the first place but not until they're done eating like it's just a different priority to be honest and I love so etiquette etiquette for that. that I love that too. So etiquette for that. I think it's really good to have a fuck space and a not fuck space. Yes. So, if you're going to have a full spread of food, having a fuck space is not in your regular <laughs> Like if you straight up got like casseroles, chicken and artichoke dip out, like at that point you need to just No, have I don't, I don't want to suck room. a dick next to a, a plate of spaghetti. Like that's not <laughs> turning me on. So a long time ago, I used to dance at a club that served wings and like, I was so horrified. Like it was, <laughs> the most like I would lose my mind when someone would put a plate of wings down on my fucking stage I'd be like get that shit off my (laughs) fucking stage my booty hole has been exactly where your plate of ribs are and I'm gonna need you to move the fucking ribs off my goddamn stage like I so yes so unless it's food play 
<laughs> we want a separate space. That's part of the etiquette. I will say another and part even of the then, etiquette. We talked about snacks. I want the non-food place snacks in a different fucking place. <laughs> exactly. The whipped cream that's going in your butthole should not be next to the whipped cream that's going on the cake. Okay. I don't care. Um, so other etiquette is like differences I've noticed between like swingers and kinksters is that swingers sometimes will touch first and ask after. Yes. It's like a sexy, they want to initiate with a slow hug or come up behind you or hey girl or something like that. And, and that the is the energy with anarchist parties that are not kink focused as well. It's like Absolutely. The, and in fact, I negotiated most of the time with no talking at all. Mhm. Someone would come up and rub you and if you wanted that energy you'd lean into it and if you didn't you would move away and they would move away too or that's what's supposed to happen again pretty big risk but that's what's supposed to happen and then be no no big deal I'm just going to move on to the next person and see if they want me to touch them so like yeah that is a very big shift and again it's important to know what energy you're heading toward when you're going to a gangbang or an orgy because if you're coming from the kink scene that's a big no-no <laughs> yeah kinksters are more so like i would like to have an orgy with you are you available at this time it's very much exactly like, before i even touch you i'm gonna state the, what my intention is we're the like nerds of the whole sex positive community like you've got to admit that that's true like we're the absolute fucking 100 sex nerds 100 we're, we're the sex nerds so we're gonna like know what type of lube should be available because three different people need three different types of lube. We're going to know that so-and-so is allergic to pine nuts and oranges. And we're going to know that, you know, please don't wear scents because there might be someone scent sensitive. And also, you know, it, we're the nerds and that's great. Yeah. And honestly, it can have some great results to make sure that everything is taken care of. But if you've never stepped into like really loose sex energy, it's kind of magical. Yeah, it is. Like, absolutely is. It's like bathhouse energy. It's like back room. It's like, you know, glory hole kind of like you don't know what you're going to get. You're taking that risk, which is hot in a very specific way. Or it can be way. like extremely loving, extremely like, I can't describe it. It's like you feel held. Like the best way to experience it without having to experience it is if you can track down the John Cameron Mitchell film Short Bus. Mm. Um, it is a I know the title is they explain the title in the movie so don't at me about the fucking title but the plot of the movie is that the main character is having trouble orgasming so she goes through a bunch of things trying to find her orgasm throughout this movie and she eventually ends up at a party that has an orgy room and the orgy room is just beautiful it's just people touching each other people fucking people like fucking in groups fucking in partnerships partnerships welcoming another person into their sex like it's so organic and so lovely and it's just part of a house party and like everyone at the house party knows that this thing is happening and the rest of the house party is doing other stuff so if you don't want to fuck you don't have to be in that room it's like if you want to experience that energy and like learn more about what that's about watch that movie that is my advice to you and you can see whether that's something that you think is like lovely or whether that's something that you're like god no which is fine if that's not your jam that's not your jam but like when I saw that movie I was like this is the first thing that's made me think about what it felt like to be in an orgy room at a queer house party in yeah. a long time and I was so like it was just wonderful Fair and the house movie, party orgies remind me of like that one room in the house where everyone keeps their coats yes go to the party and everyone puts that's their exactly coats in the bedroom the energy that's exactly <laughs> the energy you're the pile of coats but everyone's like orgasming you're the orgasmic coats of the party yeah. 
I'm going to make a band called the Orgasmic Coats. Um, I do want to put a disclaimer in there that Short Bus is about 20 years old. So if any of the terminology or whatever is outdated, it is about 20 years old. So you're going to have to date mm-hmm. it early 2000s as far as how they were talking about sex, bodies, sexuality, etc. So, and Julian Bond is uh, the the person that's in the movie and goes by a different name back then. Like, you know, things have changed in 20 years. So yeah, take the movie with a grain of salt locate it where exactly it is which is like i believe it starts off with a new york skyline that still has the towers so like that's how old it is so (laughs) so yeah um but it's it's a really fascinating film it's a fascinating film to like start thinking about exploring your orgasm in different ways because i think that's a lot of what drives people to want to do threesomes foursomes group sex etc like some people like that's just how they're wired like you said they're in a group setting like they're in a polycule that all fucks together like but that's a pretty Mm -hmm. small minority most people go to these things because they want to experience something new they want to experience a lot of sensation they want to maybe find their orgasm if they've either lost it or never found it before you know and it's a great way to explore because you just get a lot of different sensations in a lot of different ways and you're you're kind of in control of it and you're in a space where no one's judging you because like we've been in the king scene so long the two of us that like we we lost our shame in the war but there's still plenty of people (laughs) there's still plenty of people that have plenty of shame around wanting to be fucked or wanting to fuck other people and wanting to like just be in that sexual energy and so like those sorts of places are a great place to explore. Um, again, do a little homework, make sure it's a reputable place, make sure you're going to be safe. But most of the parties have a vetting system to begin with. Um, and so you're running a better chance at one of those parties. Like if, if it's a party that has absolutely no vetting system, that's a bit of a red flag if it's like an open to all type of party. Um, yeah. But if it, if it seems to have a decent vetting system, you know, go and be aware your first time out. Don't like walk in there like everyone is your friend and you all live together in a hippie love and commune because that might not be the case. Short Bus is a very idealized, it's a film. Um, so, you know, this hippie love in room that they have might not be the, might not be the case. So go in being aware of your surroundings, but also go in like being open to new experiences. I had a partner of five years that was super sweet and just one of the people that I would say was like one of the most fantastic in-depth DS relationships I've ever had and we met at a sex party and I almost didn't go because I was like kind of new in town and I was like I don't know if I'm wanting to go to a sex party just yet but I was like you know what let me just go ahead and go and see who I meet and it ended up meeting someone that was like the love of my life for five years so you know may not happen but like you never know what you're going to experience is my point like if I hadn't been open to going (laughs) yeah I would agree with that I would say that you know going to those events just to hang out if you're a voyeur is totally a great idea a lot of the orgy groups gangbang groups would have voyeurs that were allowed in so you just because you go doesn't necessarily mean you have to mm-hmm. join um you just have to recognize how they determine players versus voyeurs like what their rules right. are because yeah. um a lot of the spaces that are local to me will just have us like you'll have to be a back a bit far like you can't be a voyeur that's like leaning over the action that's weird like you have to be like behind a certain point and then you can watch or you have to like watch but not jerk off because some people don't want that energy other parties is exactly the opposite they love when you watch and jerk off so just 
get get to know the rules. If you don't, if you're if the rules seem unclear, find a party host or someone that's been there before that's not actively fucking and ask them about it. And just be upfront. Yeah. Be like, hey, like, is it cool to like jerk off in the corner while I watch, or like, is that going to be weird? I don't want to like kill the vibe. And if you phrase it exactly like that, it's not weird. You're genuinely being a nice person and asking, and they're going to be very mm-hmm. grateful for that. They're going to be like, yeah, actually, people do that all the time. We're like, yeah, that's not really how things roll here. Like, you can watch, but like, people don't love when you jerk off. Like, so like, just be upfront about what your desires are and be ready to hear no if it's a no. Um, but yeah, it, it's really, it teaches you communication in a big way. It teaches you all kinds of different things that people like sexually. I've learned so much yeah. about human bodies in group sex and orgy situations. So yeah. much. And so I had some awesome friendships. Shit. Have you ever high-fived a top when y'all are both destroying someone and you just feel oh like, my yes! So let me tell you, so that little move is called the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, I had this threesome scene that was with, it was two mommies and it was a little boy. And he, um, so I, I do a lot of like consensual predicament and consensual coercion play when I'm in mommy space. It's like my favorite thing. So with him, I had taken a target and I'd said, you can pick out a toy, but you're going to have to earn that toy. And he's like, what does that mean? I was like, whatever toy you pick out, you're going to have to earn it. So like, if it's a big toy, you're going to have to do quite a lot to get that fucking toy. And he picked out like a $40 electronic slot car racing set. Mm-hmm. It's a big toy. It's, it, mm-hmm. it was like, it was like an assembly required batteries not included type of toy. It was a big fucking toy. So I called in some reinforcements. <laughs> <laughs> And another mommy friend met up with me at a play party and we made him earn the toy and we definitely made him earn that fucking toy. And toward the end of it, he was like sobbing, covered in bruises. He was being um, spit roasted from both ends. And we put a whole bunch of pink glitter in our hands and high fived over him and it just rained pink (laughs) glitter down onto his sweaty back. And that was like my favorite moment ever, ever, ever in the world. And I love the memory of that so fucking much. And he was, cause he was not a glitter person. <laughs> yeah, I, I gathered. I'm not many, not many, not many people want pink glitter. So yeah, you're an but, asshole. But he wanted that. Well, he wanted that fucking toy. I could have returned oh, it. We could have stopped at any point and I could have returned the toy. Easy. But as a so, little, it was a point of pride. He wanted the fucking toy. And not only did he get the toy, he did earn the toy. I wanted to reassure all of the um, people listening that are really into being good girls and boys and, and littles that he did get the toy. And he brought it upstairs to the social area of the play party um, and immediately found like six queer littles that we didn't even, like some of these people I did not even know were little, were just on the floor building the slot car set and had it up and going in like five minutes and it was like the hit of the party. So it did have a a great happy ending and he had aftercare time racing slot cars and, you know, it was a big deal for him too because he had always wanted a slot car set when he was growing up and his parents wouldn't let him have one. They let his brother have one. They wouldn't let him have one because he's trans and they were like, this is a boy toy. So Mm. it was like, a big deal for him and it was really healing to both earn the toy and like make me proud and also like have the thing that he'd wanted since he was little and like find other kids that were like excited about it at this play party like it was just a really cool moment so thank you for reminding me of that memory of a threesome scene um <laughs> and again awesome. threesome scenes threesome scenes are not difficult when there's clear power dynamics right yeah. because when you're both- cool at your place 
right both of us were topping there was one bottom clear power dynamics if it had been a situation where like who's bottoming who's topping what's happening that makes things much messier and to me those are much more difficult they're totally possible to do but they're much more difficult so again clear power dynamics it was a little threesome but it was also like focused on one bottom yeah sometimes i think being a switch is helpful and being bisexual is helpful for these scenarios because Mm -hmm. i'll just find out where i want to be somehow even if i'm the bottom i'm still kind of running things the way i want them to go so yes and also like that whole thing about waiting for your turn like i don't have to wait for my turn i can just switch Mm-hmm, exactly. like I'm not sitting there like boo no one's fucking me I'm just like ooh, here's a hole that's open let mm-hmm. me just get a glove on real quick like it doesn't like it doesn't so yeah I think being being versed and being a switch is an entire blessing and if you are not these things that's great for you but you're missing out a little bit <laughs> the, the last I guess etiquette thing I would say is about like being enthusiastic because nothing is worse in a threesome if somebody looks bored Yes. It's like all of these people are here and your face, you look like a Muppet in the face. Like you're getting fucked and you're not smiling. So what's or going crying on? crying right? or yelling or something. Like give me something. something. Give I me want a reaction. Something. Correct. It adds to the energy. And honestly, I think that's the case with all sex, unless you very much negotiated something about not doing that. I think like yeah. vocalization helps with all sex and like, ugh, but especially, yeah, groups, threesomes, et cetera. Um, it, it lets the tops know they're going in the right direction too, because again, especially when there's multiple tops, it's, it, I don't want to say it becomes like an ego thing, but it definitely does. It's definitely a pissing um, contest if we don't it, check ourselves. It's not even just a pissing contest. It's like, I don't want to be the top that fucks it up in front of all the other tops. Like, I know that's like a stupid mm. thing to say, but like knowing that like the bottom really likes the thing you're doing is kind of like yeah they like the thing I'm doing and also like not being sure like should I continue on this path are you enjoying this I don't want you to not be enjoying this like give us something to work with you know if it's a no it's a no yeah. please say that like the best bottoms and gangbangs I've experienced are the ones that pop up and like oh I don't like that and then you just do something else like thank yeah. you for telling me don't let me keep doing some dumb shit to your nipples that you don't like like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm a say fool. something. I'm a fool over here chewing on your fucking nipples, and you're just like, I wish that weren't happening. But like, fucking say something. <laughs> like, stop. Like, let me do something else. Like, I'm that that because you just we keep it rolling. Like, it's not a big fucking deal. So, bottoms of all sorts, especially in gangbangs and like threesomes, trains, etc. Don't be afraid to pop up and be like, I don't like that. Do something different. Yeah. But like, that's the enough last- for my ass. Or whatever you know yeah i need a break i've said that before can you switch to a different nipple for a minute mm-hmm. like can i have like, a minute no yeah. more no more things in my ass thank you like yes it's easy to do easy to do yeah. and it keeps it rolling let the tops know where they're at please <laughs> and the last tip i have i guess would be for the voyeurs is just um real quick the difference between a passive and an active voyeur you were talking about it briefly but just to clear it up if you are lucky enough to be able to watch and not participate, um, an active voyeur is someone who's allowed to like lean in a little bit into the scene, be like, or say shit. Yeah. Yes. I Speaking, definitely, touching. I have definitely been at conferences where like the top, the tops in the gangbang are, they're all friends with the bottom and they also have other friends at the conference. And so it's like generally known as okay that if you already know these people, you can come up and talk shit. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, you know, when I've had scenes with my partners previously, my friends knew that if I was beating my partner's ass, they could be like, Ooh, look at that. Or, ow, or they could even ask, can I join? Depending on the person, I might let them have a flogger or something and they can right. beat, his, beat their ass. So a, so an active lawyer has permission. It's almost explicit or previous from a relationship or exactly. You you have a front row seat. It's a little more interactive. So don't assume that you have permission to do that if you don't know the people. If there's correct. not some sort of extremely clear indicator, like a, literally a sign saying "Come fuck the slut" or saying, correct. you know, tell us how tell her she's a slut or whatever. Like if there's not some actual sign, <laughs> like physically written down, don't assume you can get in there and even so much as say something or lean over. Absolutely. Scene. Because that's my pet peeve is when I'm playing and it's not an active scene where I just want to play with my person and we're playing because we're in public, but you know, that doesn't mean I want to be a party favor for all of you. And so mm -hmm. no, you, even if you are my friend, no, you can't flog my person. No, I don't want to hear your commentary. And so that's when the top has to be like, no, you need to back up. Like, right. You, you and I'm a very particular gangbang bottom for gangbang topping. I'm much more loose. It's, you know, whatever y'all want to do, but for a gangbang bottom, I am picky. If you're not on my fucking guest list, back the fuck up off my scene. You're 100%. welcome to watch me get fucked from like six or seven feet away. But if I hear someone's voice that's not one of the people I invite up and you're like, who the fuck was that? Like, I'm immediately going to be like, nope. So like, and I know quite a few bottoms for gangbangs that are exactly like that. So do not yeah, assume. I I was getting, um, I was in a gangbang once at a dungeon where a bunch of people were using strap-ons and floggers on me. And so I was having a great time, strap-ons and floggers. I'm like tied to this, um, you know, bench or whatever. And then one person, I don't even know who, kind of like slid around behind the equipment so that they were right in front of me and started oh, jerking God. their dick off. And so the, the, behind me is a whole party happening where I'm having fun, but in front of me is literally one person's penis who I don't know. And they're closer to me than even the people who are currently fucking me, right? Stranger danger. Yeah. So um, that was just an experience that reminded me like as the top, you have to look at the entire area, not just what's in front of you like you should make sure my right. entire space is is safe and so that's just my little reminder for y'all you don't get so focused on one end that you don't recognize that this is a group project it's like human centipede you know you need to know what's all uh, the angles we are didn't, we didn't need to bring up human centipede that's not where this needs to go i'm gonna no mm -mm, no can i Redirect? tell you my friend no Maybe not if watch that movie. human centipede no you cannot i don't no. Oh God. I want, okay. I don't anyway, want it was a horrible. I don't want this for us. Okay, it was horrible. I had to eat brownies while watching him, <gasps> and it was a pretty amazing, awful experience. The brownies were oh. delicious. Redirect, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we're ending soon, right? We've discussed. No, not okay. on Human Centipede. Where the fuck not? No, we're gonna. No. I'm going doing a recap. I'm doing a recap. Okay. So okay. we have how how to plan. We have etiquette tips. We had voyeur versus um, passive voyeur and active voyeur. We talked about different types of threesomes, orgies, group sex, gangbangs, ah, trains. I know one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about sex parties. Okay. Because they're not the same thing as an orgy, and it becomes a very common misconception that they're not the same thing as an orgy. Mm-hmm. 
So an orgy is going to be explicitly an orgy. It's going to be called something like girl pile. And it's literally going to be like, you're getting in the pile with all the girls. That's an orgy. But a sex party is a place that's set up for you to fuck in public. But you have to negotiate your own shit. So like a bunch of people, subtext cis men, will show up to the party expecting to be able to jump into a pile of orgy. And they will be disappointed to find out that they actually have to meet people and talk to them in order to have sex with them. Mm. Because it will be just like a place with a bunch of mattresses and things set up. And you're welcome to like negotiate people having sex with you, sometimes in a group, sometimes by themselves, but like it's not guaranteed to you at the door. Not yeah. that orgies necessarily guarantee you sex at the door, but there's a much higher chance of you like at least getting in there and like being among the naked people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, so you should definitely know the difference. And sex parties are wonderful. I mean, I love them, but like know that when you hit the door, you're going to have to do a little bit of communication. I know. Yeah. I Use know. It's horrible. I know. But like you should know how to talk to people you should know how to ask for what you want say are you into that or what might you be interested in in doing whatever and be prepared for rejections because you can always see the cis straight men usually that don't have a good method of communication that are getting rejected over and over again and you can like see them getting rejected in the corner because lots of people are having sex but they're not so like get your communication shit together Learn how to talk to people that you're attracted to. I know it's difficult, but just sack up and do it. Um, and like, that's kind of a whole other other class, like how to talk to people that you think are sexy, but like, honestly, learn it and like get it together because you are not guaranteed sex at any sex party of any sort, not even an orgy, but especially not at one that's not set up to be like, you walk in, you take your clothes off, you jump in the pile. Agreed. If you go to a, a kink event, a sex event, and you're not able to find a partner, then just be a happy voyeur. And that yes. will help you out more for the next party where people mm -hmm. see you're not being a fucking weirdo or a creepy because they don't want to fuck you. You might be surprised. They may change their mind for the next event, or maybe someone else will see you and realize you're not being a creep and that's attractive. So exactly. the best bet is to calm down and just enjoy it the show calm down go in with no expectations the most fun i've had at sex parties is when i go in with absolutely no expectations like yes. i've gone to them by myself like completely by myself and i go in with no expectations of having sex with anyone i go in thinking maybe i'll get to watch some hot sex if i'm lucky and that's it and like those are the nights that always turn out the best because i'm not going there like keyed up with the nervous energy of like what if i have sex like again calm down take a breath just go in. Yes, it's a sexy energy, but no, that's not guaranteed that you're going to be doing anything. Just like a play party. It's not guaranteed unless you brought your own date and negotiated something in advance. It does not guarantee you're going to be doing anything. Um, so go in understanding that might be the case, but like still willing to give it a shot. And that's going to yes. be your best, your best new person at a sex party energy. And don't go in expecting it to be, again, the room from short bus, because those rooms are getting even more few and far between. They were already kind of like not happening as often as the 2000s started counting their way up. But then COVID hits. Now they're really not fucking happening. So... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still getting emails from my DC swinger group. They're like, when are you coming back? We're planning for the summer. So people are revving up again. If you want to get out You're there and put something in your body. So on that note, I hope you get laid many ways. And we're going to say happy pride first, because when this 
comes out. It'll be Pride season soon. And we're sending our love from Mean Mommies. Peace out. Bye.